Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we got football to talk about, man. We got actual football to talk about. Yeah, buddy. Very, very excited. We get to <laughs> recap. We get to recap briefly what was the week one of the college football season. We will then be making, be bringing back the, our wonderful, wonderful segments, Tyler. It's time for five wide and our two point conversions to come. Oh, out. give it to me. We pick in football games today, baby. Oh, chills, baby. I got chills. Yes, yes, you do. And the best part is that this is the last week where we will only be having one episode a week. We will be returning to our two episodes a week format next week. We'll have a review episode and then a preview episode following up. So Mondays will be a review. Thursdays will be a preview. So just keep that all in mind. Uh, Tyler, Uh before we get to any of those things, let's go ahead and talk about quick hits. Let's talk about a few college football news things that were in the news this week. Let's start off uh, in Norman, a place that I know pretty well. I have some family ties. Uh, turns out Lincoln Riley, head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, says that Oklahoma will no longer release their COVID-19 information due to, quote-unquote, competitive advantage. I don't know how I feel about this, man. See, like, I, I, I'm, I'm torn with this, too, because it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, yeah, it is kind of their own, like, decision of whether or not to release that information right and it and makes sense is, like the whole competitive like, advantage it, it's a it's a genuine concern that's a real thing because if if you have to completely get rid of your like if you if your defensive line is completely depleted because of COVID 19 mm-hmm. you don't want you don't want texas knowing that you kidding me texas is going to hand the ball off 55 times now the other side of the argument could be that texas is going to know that eventually anyway because you're going to mm-hmm. have to suit up and play a game Right, right, right. Because, like, I think what people think that this means is that this means that they'll be hiding their COVID-19, like, that there'll be some people that have it that are playing that they shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, not the case. I genuinely do not think that's going to happen, especially considering Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma have been probably the most progressive I was about to say program that. in the entirety of yeah. college football about this particular issue. They've been very right. open with their their data, their cases, and the thing with that is that I saw something on Twitter by Nicole Auerbach, who's from the Athletic, phenomenal reporter, college football reporter for the Athletic. Highly recommend you read yourself if you have a subscription. She was saying that this is kind of a bummer for journalists because it, it's not like they were treating COVID as if it was they, they were doing the right thing by treating COVID like it's a special case. Now what they're doing is they're going to treat COVID as if it's an injury. And like you yeah. said, it's not that they're going to be playing COVID without or playing with COVID. It's that they're not going to tell people until game time or as close as possible. So that way that teams can't plan against them. For example, let's take your defensive line analogy. Texas is going to run the football down their throats if they know that three fourths of that defensive line room is out. You know, they're going to game plan for that the week ahead. So the argument on Nicole Nicole Auerbach's side is that, well, this isn't an injury. It's a global pandemic. And the fact that we're even playing football right now is a whole other conversation. But the least you can do is be transparent. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I understand both sides to it. Um, me I'm too. torn. I'm torn because the competitor in me is like, yeah, of course, you don't want people to know that. But also it's a global pandemic. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's its own thing. Some things transcend that. So Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, moving from... Uh, one big-time college football coach to yet another. Uh, Dabo Sweeney was asked about Notre Dame being a member of the ACC, 
And his response was a little interesting. He did say that he would prefer for Notre Dame to be a full-time member of the ACC. Now, there is an article on 247 Sports. If you read the article, it's not like Dabo Sweeney is pounding the table saying, Notre Dame's got to be an ACC. Sorry, read that. Notre Dame's got to be an ACC member. You know, that's what they got to do. Come come on now. What are we doing? It's just unfaithful. The good Lord would not want us. To, I shouldn't make fun of him. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Um, Don't make fun of future Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Davos. When oh, we're right. going like, there. We're going there. Five minutes hey man, into the episode. I'm trying to find rays of sunshine and hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got a story about that. I'll tell you later. Okay. But like, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about at the end of the episode. But the point is, it's not like he's pounding his this fist on the table. Someone just asked them and he said, yeah, I have to pay more attention to them because usually I keep up on everything in the ACC and now they're in the ACC. I would love if they were a full-time member. Da, 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 da. So it's kind of a throwaway comment, but I think there's some juice to that. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's Dabo Sweeney saying like you, you guys are, you know, belong to me anyway. We own you anyway. So exactly. we, might as, we might as well get a conference win out of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's just do this every year. Let's just do this every year. Run it back. Run it back. So, yeah. Just wanted uh, to point that out. Um, that's Dabo Swinney. Welcome to the resistance. Welcome uh, to the resistance, Dabo. Welcome to the resistance. I just want you to know we don't have player associations. We have unions. So if you're not okay with that, we have to. You might want to. We, we will have to have a conversation. <laughs> have a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. And our final piece of quick hits. Tyler, this might be my favorite quick hits thing of all time. Allegedly your favorite. No, it might be my favorite. Let's drop the alleged. <laughs> oh, wait, no, one. we can say it. <laughs> we can say it. We can say it. As long yeah. as my IP address says I'm in Colorado, which my VPN will fix that for me. Yeah, we can say it. <laughs> uh, Colorado has partnered with a sports book, Tyler. What an insane thing to have happen in it's a year crazy. where you're not even playing football. Right? Isn't it wild? That's, that is the wildest thing to me because, like, University of Colorado signs points bet to official sponsorship deal. The mm-hmm. fact that a university, a college university signed with a betting you know mm-hmm. program like it isn't in and of itself crazy to me in the right. sense of like we've been trending in this direction uh-huh. it's huge this is huge yeah, don't get it, me it's wrong enormous. but it was like this was a step that we you could see coming ways down the road exactly the thing is is that like of all of the times to have this happen <laughs> like, and of all places right so i mean it, when you read the article it, it says that uh, legal sports betting or sports betting was legalized in May of 2020 out in Colorado and mm-hmm. the partnership it, they're not going to build a sports book on campus that's not what's going to happen they are going to advertise at the stadium in their arena uh, on their radio spots on their television spots stuff like that so there's a partnership in there where they're they're able to advertise it's as if Pepsi was to come on and they would put Pepsi banners around campus. Now, instead of that, there's going to be a sports book advertising around campus, which to me is oh so lovely. Yeah. Oh so lovely. Guess so, we got to go to a Colorado game now. Guess we got to. Well, we do play at Colorado in a few years. Oh, oh my God. I'm, say less. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm like, not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, all right. So that's been Quick Hits, Tyler. Let's go ahead and recap the few games that were in week one. I picked out five that I thought were interesting um, and relevant to storyline. few of them were close games. A couple of them were not. Um, yeah. The first one, let's talk about the first FBS game of the year. That's UAB taking on Central Arkansas. Uh, they beat them 45-35. to 35. This is a game that I kind of had on in the background um, and just kind of kept tabs on. And 
honestly, I can't even give you analysis. It was just so awesome to have college football on in the background while I did homework, my chores, did dishes, cleaned up around the apartment, stuff like that. It was just, it, it, it felt like fall, you know? Yeah. This, oh. this is a primer. It, it really is starting to feel like fall. Like, I mean, this past weekend, dating the pod, but like this past weekend was Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. I did not know three days prior that I was going to have Monday off as part of Labor Day week because I didn't remember that it was Labor Day weekend. Oh, okay. Because Labor Day weekend is always built around college football starting. Yeah, that's true. And with no NFL preseason, with less mm-hmm. of a preseason for college football. like With basketball being Yeah, with played. basketball being now. Like, yeah. I just forgot that football was a thing and just to get right. this was amazing. Yeah. You, uh, my you friend, one, so you, my friend were lucky that you had it off because I, due to COVID stuff, um, I had school on Labor Day. So I had to go into class. You texted Ooh. me at 7.58 and you just all caps, which we'll get to BYU Navy in a bit. You texted me all caps, BYU Navy, let's go. And I responded and I was like, I'm in class. I get out at nine, but I will rush home, dude. Don't you think I forgot? Don't you think I forgot about this game? Oh, I knew, I knew you didn't, but like... <laughs> I just, so, I just had to I had to get it out there. Oh, um, I know, I know. Um, and then let's move forward from Thursday to Saturday, where it was, it that it felt. Not weird. a lot of these games are very competitive. Like, but, but just the day felt weird, you know. Yeah. Like there was a moment where I had to do a bunch of errands, and my plan was have college football on in the background, do my errands, and I woke up, and I kind of forgot that it was a Saturday, and I forgot specifically it was a college football Saturday. And it wasn't until I was laying in bed, just kind of scrolling through my phone, getting ready for the day, when I realized, oh, man, there's college football on today. I got so excited. I was like, who's playing? I forgot who was playing. What's the first game? Oh, I got to get this package. Okay, perfect. It it was so much that I called. I had Comcast. Story time. I had Comcast, and I called them up, and I said, (laughs) bless you, Tyler. I didn't say that, but bless you now. Uh, And I said, hey, I'm looking to add SEC Network to my package. Can you tell me what it is? Because I, I don't know about you, but I need SEC Network. <laughs> yeah, no, you, uh, see, I'm lucky enough to live in Florida, right? Still, currently at, at this current moment in time, right? Um, where well, that's basic. what I get. So it's like, basic. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the basic basket. So up here, it's not. So up in Connecticut, it's not. So I called and I was like, blah, blah, blah. "Long story short, they're going to charge me a whole bunch of money to put SEC Network on my cable plan." And so I did looked around da da da. Basically, I ended up canceling my cable and I ended up getting Hulu TV because Hulu live TV. I don't know if you've noticed, but Hulu has live sports. Um, what? What? No way. I um, think there was one time where Tom Brady did a, did a complete fake out. Um, who? That he was, uh, who? Some, some, some Trump did a complete mm-hmm. fake out that he was leaving New England. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did? The Hulu <laughs> does live sports. And then, you know, he actually did leave New England. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I can't even blame Brady for that. That's called securing the bag. That's, oh, that's no, a good job. No, full props. Like, full props. For, full props. for, for this, this, yeah. uh, this unknown man. Exactly. So, so now I have Hulu, Live, Hulu TV, and Hulu TV includes ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN News, SEC Network, ACC Network, Big Ten Network, which won't do me any use this year, um, FS1, FS2, I have a, I have every college football channel that you would need, so I'm all set for the you season good, now. Man. I'm good. The point is, I woke up Saturday and I 
was so happy that I realized there was college football. I changed my cable provider simply to have on the day, the ch- on, like immediately, simply to have the channels ready. Smart Which is why when I was watching Army clobber MTSU, it was so underwhelming. <laughs> I was like, I canceled my cable for this. <laughs> oh, CBS Sports Network is in that package too. Like, I was like, I canceled my cable for this. So, a uh, fun fact about this game: you know the army never punted. I didn't know that. I don't think they punted once. They scored on every possession. I'm pretty sure they scored on every single possession. Uh, like, like they at one point I think had one uh drive that was 99 yards and like I did. Uh, yeah, they, didn't they didn't they open with like a 12 minute, a 12 incredible. minute, 78 yard drive that took like a half hour in real time. Absolutely incredible. Oh. Also very boring, but still very incredible. Oh, I know, I know. It's like Um, when you watch a service academy that is on, like they're they are winning, like they are they are good. It's almost like you forget they are playing another team. Yeah, because like everything is centered around has an offense, right? Everything is centered around just that whole operation. It's a well-oiled machine. So that was underwhelming a bit. But college football gods, they definitely blessed us with the next two games. SMU. And Texas State, that game was fun. Yes. Arguably the catch of the year by a Texas State wide receiver that, at the end of the first half. So early in the season, and yet we still got it. I remember we were drafting our college football, our, college, our fantasy football teams, which we'll talk about later in the pod. And I remember looking over, and I think I said to you, we're on a Zoom, I said, Tyler, I think Texas State just had the catch of the year. <laughs> yeah. And we're halfway through the first Saturday of the year. <laughs> Every year. Oh, my happens gosh. Like, and, oh, it was good. It was but, a good uh, game. It was a good game. I'm very impressed with Texas State from the set because they they typically suck. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jake Spavadol in like just his second year, they had some real fight in them. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I think SMU is a good team. So, like, yeah, yeah, I'm I agree. SMU is waited from that. So SMU is an American co- contender, a contender yeah. for the American Conference. Um, and it was also so much. I think the big story of the first weekend was the Sun Belt, right? I think the Sun Belt was. Played some really good football, you know. Yeah, they they look they look good this week. Yeah, and then we also had Arkansas State taking Memphis down to the wire. Um, yeah, it was it was a one possession game with like five minutes left in the game, six minutes left. It, it was a very very good, it was very good football by both teams. There. So. Yeah, and I and I and I think that uh, it, I was very interested to see Memphis because Brian Silverfield was taking over as the head coach mm-hmm. and losing Mike Gravel. It's like you're very interested to see. What does the offense look like? What did what did he take with him mm-hmm. that they can't replace? Well, and right now, not much. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, at least in the first game, because their offense looked very similar. Brady White he looked improved, which just I think is more of just like a him having a yeah. year. I think I saw his. I think I saw his twelve year old kid on the sideline. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That man is in, gray, in his like. All the he's in his like twelfth year of eligibility. Yeah, I cannot believe. I genuinely, and I tweeted this. I genuinely could not believe that Brady White was still at Memphis. <laughs> like, I was, I was actually having a hard time with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, he, Tyler. He's pursuing. He literally is pursuing a doctorate. A doctorate. At yeah. Memphis. He he got his he got his bachelor's at his previous institution, which I don't remember what it was. Uh, uh it's I think Arizona State. Arizona State. There we go. Or Arizona. No, I think it was Arizona. It, one of the Arizona. Whatever. Oh, out there. And then he got his master's at. Memphis, and now he's 
doing a doctor. You are sacking Dr. Brady White. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brady White PhD to you. Sir. Sir. Can you put that on a jersey? You would. I would oh work 100%. If I had a PhD, I would, put, I would it on. put that on my jersey so fast. Oh, that would be good. That It would be better than Joe if Burrow the ta- changing his If the Tagovailoas can add a TU or in a TA, uh-huh. Tua and Talia, we can add a PhD. For sure. For sure. Are you kidding me? Let's do it, Tyler. Well, it's okay because Sideline Judgment is going to grad school, like the podcast. Yeah. So maybe once that happens, Sideline Judgment can go to doctorate school doctoral school and maybe the podcast will be sideline judgment phd i would i would not be opposed it would be nice it would be nice um all right tyler it's it's time it's time oh boy it's it's time to talk about the blitzkrieg that byu put over navy it it was bad oh it was bad yeah this was guerrilla warfare this was pretty bad (laughs) byu 55 to 3 monday night prime time Herb Street was Herb Street and Fowler was there were there. It was a big deal. No fans, but like it was it was ESPN's attempt to be like, college football's here. Where like typically this game would be like Alabama. Left in the background. Oh my gosh. This was a This game would have been huge. Like Yeah. Yeah. I got home at the end. I got home around like nine ten at the beginning of the second quarter and it was already like twenty eight to nothing. I was like, what what in the Mormon religion is this? (laughs) What like what is in the milk in Utah? Someone explain this to me. I just cannot get a figure on like it's it's a game that like where you're like the the thing to take away is that BYU's not bad and and Navy's very bad. But I honestly don't even know if we can take that away from this game. Like And that's the thing. I I what is there to take away from this game? I'll tell I'll tell you, I think BYU is a good football team. Yeah, I think Navy's a really bad team, and Navy made BYU go. Navy made a good football team, and BYU looked Looked like a great football team. Yeah, where that's just not the case. Yeah, that's just not the case. Um, Quarterback was looking really well. Uh, The Romney twins were looking really well. Um, The offensive line, BYU won this game in the trenches, both on the offensive and defensive line. They were stopping everything. That triple option could not function for Navy. And then on offense, they were blowing up the Navy defensive linemen. It was, it was, yeah. I I mean, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. No, it it was complete domination. Yeah. Start to finish. Good on Navy for sneaking in a uh, three points at the end. (laughs) Consolation. Yeah, avoid the shutout. And avoid also, last shutout. thing, last thing, damn you, ESPN, bringing on Bill Belichick in the third quarter and making me humanize, like humanizing him, like making me feel empathy towards Bill Belichick and his childhood as a Navy brat. Like, what? No, no, this man is supposed to be the public enemy he's number Darth one. He's Darth Vader. He's, 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 you're not supposed to have ice cream with Darth Vader. This felt like I was having ice cream with Bill Belichick, and he was telling me old Navy football stories. I don't want to hear about Roger Staubach from Bill Belichick. No. It was a great conversation. It was a great conversation. It was. And and Fowler. I I enjoyed it. (laughs) I did, too. And and Fowler, when when Belichick hung up, Fowler was like, it's really nice to see that you can tell there's nothing this man wants to talk about more than Navy football. No, sure. No, sure. You, 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 yeah. You could I, I hope to be 
I hope to be able to talk about Florida football the way that Belichick talks about Navy football when I'm his age. Yeah, you know? it's one of those things, like, especially with the way Bill Belichick is, like, when he wants to talk about something, you can genuinely tell. And, like, it yeah. was palpable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So. It's just good to have college football back. Good it's to good have, to have all, them all back. Good to have football back. Um, all right, so that was week one, Tyler. Uh, before we go into five wide and our two-point conversions, I want to mention that every week we're going to read out the list of games that were postponed that were supposed to be played this week, but unfortunately will not be played. Um, first one is SMU and TCU. It's an old rivalry game that we were supposed to get. Not sure when they're going to reschedule that one, if they are. For the record, I do not know if they're going to reschedule any of these. So, up in the air. Um, I'm mad because I want my Iron Skillet. I was going to say, it's called the Iron Skillet rivalry. I, I was hoping that they would have an actual Iron Skillet to hand out to the winning team. And I was hoping they would make, I don't know, uh, some bacon. That'd be nice to get out. And, and anything honestly anything um, at this point uh so smu tcu will not be played fiu and ucf will not be played or ucf i think they had their first two weeks of ge- two two games a season canceled or postponed i mean lucky fiu they weren't gonna make it out of there you no know, they were not gonna make it out of orlando alive uh next up is marshall east carolina and then followed up by recent addition louisiana tech and baylor and real quick poor fox because they censored their big noon kickoff show you know it was expanded from one hour to two hours mm-hmm. and their first game was supposed to be louisiana tech baylor at noon now they ain't got no game so <laughs> i don't know how you're gonna compete with game day now because you don't even have a big noon game to play maybe they'll move no i think it's too late to move a game right i think, I think everything's so. set right or maybe they'll just pick up another game well i've heard i've heard it said that like part of the reason that most teams have two bye weeks is because they want the ability to slot a game that gets postponed in one Mm -hmm. of them yeah um so we'll see hopefully they pick it up then yeah we'll see so i'm not really sure though or maybe they'll just broadcast eastern kentucky against west virginia instead of on fs1 maybe they'll just put on fox like they were gonna put that other game so we shall see tyler it is time broadcast the herd but colin cowherd (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> reruns of the herd <laughs> oh man all right yeah. tyler it is time for five wide and two point conversion now for those new to the oh podcast, my god yes for those new welcome we are glad you are here you are part welcome of the family four babies you are all friends of the pods thank you very much uh five wide is our weekly picks competition that tyler and i go through throughout the entire season where we will both pick five games the winner of five games it will be the same games for both of us and if you pick the game correctly you get a point if you pick a game incorrectly you do not get a point now we are allowed to be this have this pick the same teams have the same pick yes perfectly fine all the time if for example willie taggart's fsu is playing florida we know we're both going to pick florida and that's okay. So we each can pick the same team, and we each get a point. The wrinkle, we each get to pick our very own sixth game that we are calling the two-point conversion. Yeah, now, yeah. these have to be different. So, for example, if I pick an Oklahoma-Texas, Tyler can't pick that game. So we alternate each week to see who gets to pick first. Mm-hmm. Um and if you pick your two-point conversion game correctly, you get, you guessed it, two points. So 
For example, you can have up to seven points each week. And we will keep so track weird. of those points. Such an arbitrary number. I know, football. right? We um, will keep track of all those points throughout the season. And at the end of the season, um, the prize is that the winner gets to put in their Twitter bio that they are better at picking regular season college football games than the other. Which, Tyler, I just realized, I won last year. Yes, you did. And I haven't put that in my bio yet. That's on you. I'm going to put it right now because I get you to put hold it on. You put it in bio right now. I you get still to hold on couple. to this, this yeah. crown until I the mean, end of the season. I want it known, though, that I still won the bowl challenge and March Madness got canceled. So mm-hmm. I still have in my bio from two years ago, better at picking bowl games in brackets than you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and this is the price that we pay. It's the price but, we pay. It's the price we pay. But you know what? We love it. Can't wait to have it. Tyler, clean slate. Can't wait to beat you fair and square yet again. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Tyler, right. let us begin. Um, all right. So I, I'm i going to go – since I won, I get to choose this week. Now we, get, now we alternate each week. Yeah. So I want to go second, which means that I get to pick first for our two-point conversion. Also, I'm not sure if I made that clear, but once a game is off a table for two-point conversion, the other t- – person can't whoever's, pick that game yeah and every way for whoever this is this is the big thing since he since he won last season he gets to pick if he wants to go first or second for two-point mm-hmm. conversion right um and then every week after this we will just alternate mm-hmm. hold on wait we have so, we have wait this this weekend is what the 11th yes on the week after okay yes oh, good, good strategizing i well the sec starts at 26 so i wanted oh. <laughs> i wanted first pick for the sec so i'm good see i have to let it happen I'm good, I'm good. Um, so you, right. so you want to go first for uh, two-point conversion? So I want to go second. Or I want to go for two-point conversion first, which means I will go second for five wide. Okay? Okay. Cool. Good to know. Good, good to, to know. know. Good awesome. to know. Alrighty. So we begin with UAB playing the University of Miami Hurricanes. That is a Thursday night kickoff, 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. Tyler, who you got? Should I start the year off with a bang? Do uh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, I missed this so much. I missed this so much. I'm not gonna do. It. You know, it, fun fact. Um, ever since Bill Clark and UAB resurrected from the dead mm-hmm. as a program, they have not lost at home. That's very true. They they've not lost a single home game. This isn't a home game. Though. I was going to say, not a relevant stat. A fun stat, but not a relevant stat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't even be relevant this season much because um, home home field advantages aren't aren't good. But, you know, exactly. Miami thrives in this environment that COVID is pr- pr- creating this is, for... We talk a lot about how the teams with consistent coordinators are going to succeed this year. W- why aren't we talking about consistent crowd sizes? Like, Miami's leading the pack in this. Leading the pack. They are adjusted. <laughs> Hashtag adjusted for this. They're ready. <laughs> I'm going to take Miami. Hashtag stay ready. <laughs> I'm going to take Miami. I'm going to take Miami as well, Tyler. You could put me okay, down for I'll that as well. That I, I, one thing to note, um, this is the beginning of the NFL season, so they are going to be going up against Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes, which we are very interested in this game, in that game. Yeah, so. But I really want to see De'Ara King and how he's going to come out. That's we haven't seen point. scrimmages. We haven't seen different things no spring I'm, games like i'm very excited to see how De'Ara king performs and if he's this if he really is this dark horse 
Heisman candidate that um, a lot of people are saying that he is. Yeah, and he is the uh, so. previous um, SMU offensive coordinator. He does. Um, as uh, Brett Lasley. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll All be right, next next game up, Louisiana at uh, number ranked number 23, Iowa State. Yes, um, I would like to point out that these rankings include Pac-12 and Big Ten teams, but next week they will not include those teams. Which I actually respect that. Because, I do. Like, I was listening to an interview on the Andy Staple show. Uh, he had an AP voter on. Pardon me, I, I don't remember his name, but he was saying that the idea was, okay, let's take a snapshot of the landscape of college football right now, and then we will assess based on what happens in the play. We They wanted to basically have a record, because AP polls are recorded forever. So they yeah. wanted to have they, a record. They, you can go back and look at them forever. Exactly. They, they, they wanted to have a record of, okay, in a normal year, this is what it would have looked like. Now that we know what it would have looked like, let's from now on look at what it actually looks like. So yeah. it's funny. Andy Staples mentioned he was like, so how are you going to explain to people in how in 50 years are you going to explain to people and say, oh, yeah, uh, Ohio State was ranked in the top four and then they just weren't ranked for the rest of the season. Like, how does that happen? You know, and then us old heads who are going to be 70 at the time be like, oh, that was the COVID. Year. I remember. Yeah, I was the COVID. The COVID. So um, with that being said, Louisiana taking on Iowa State. This is a noon o'clock, noon o'clock. This is a 12 o'clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's late, dude. It's late. This is a 12 you know, it's o'clock. so funny you say that because my sister, my sister Sam did that once and we've never let her live it down. Oh, yeah. She randomly was just like, yeah, it's at noon o'clock. And we're like, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Boy. Uh, all right. So this yes, game is right. a noon kickoff on ESPN. Uh, Tyler, it's it's Brock Purdy at home. It's Matt Campbell's. Three five three defense. This is I, the year. This, I'm, I believe in Iowa State. And listen, Louisiana is a great team, and I think that they're they're my favorite to win the Sun Belt this year. But this I agree. Is a game, I, like, it, look, even though Louisiana does have some big boys, this is a game where it can be close in the first half, and in the third quarter, Matt Campbell looks at this Iowa State team and says, "You guys ready to start playing?" and 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 they start backing up. Um, the Brockster, uh, Brock Purdy, and, like a Brock and, and they, they take off in the second half. I really think that's what's going to happen. I so want to Brock go and roll all night. Um, and Purdy every day. There you go. Well, I was waiting for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're never going to get old. Um, I imagine that you're taking Iowa State. So. I, I, yeah, I just, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Iowa down. State. Um, yeah, I am as well. Can't go okay. against my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I do, like, I say that, I do think that there is, you know, a possibility that like Iowa State could lose. This is an up te- upset potential game. Louisiana, but I almost here's the thing. Louisiana is a good enough team that I almost think that'll make it harder for them to win. This is big braining it, but like Iowa State is going to know they can't. They can't. This isn't just a regular G five team. Like they mm-hmm. have to pay attention to this team. Yes. Like so, I almost think that's going to make it harder because the talent differential. Right. Um. Because Louisiana's best shot is to not only be a good team. But to catch them slipping, and I just don't think that Iowa State's going to be caught slipping. I don't I either. Too, I trust. I trust I Matt Campbell. Too enough. good for that. Yeah, and Matt Campbell's yeah. going to have them in line, and he's a good coach, and I like it. So, okay, we'll go there. All right, Tyler. Probably the game of the week. This, this I think so. This is the game of the week, and for those asking, why did you put the game of the week third? We go chronologically, so yeah, we we're get, trying we to get. we're trying to paint a picture. 
as to what your viewing experience should be. Uh, Absolutely. Tyler, 3.30 kickoff on ABC, Georgia Tech taking on Florida State. Who you got? I've thought long and hard about this. Mm-hmm. I've actually not thought long and hard about it at all. Um, I'm taking the Georgia Tech Yellow tech Jackets, baby. Oof. We're kicking off year, year two with a bang. Okay. Do okay. I actually, in my heart of hearts, believe this? Not a chance, but I'm going <laughs> with it. Like, um, so is this because we finally have a majority Jeff Collins roster that's fit for his system? Uh, yeah. Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's not even really, yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yes, okay, okay, let me back that up. Yeah. Um, there is a lot more depth on this team, I think. And I think is, I like, I, we have talked about this at length, uh, yeah, for newcomers, we um, we love Jeff Collins um, and the culture he's building at uh, Waffle House University. Correct. Um, Did they, for the record. And I will not Georgia, start this year off Georgia, by picking against Waffle House University. Georgia Tech, I think, is sideline judgments acc team like we want nothing oh, absolutely. more than georgia tech to succeed you know for the brand for the brand absolutely for the brand. right but i do think that like and i say this i say this not as a joke and most people who follow college football understand that this is not a joke georgia tech was like the greatest three and nine team of all time last year oh yes like they were very well coached it's just that they have a depth issue because they're tra- transitioning to normal style football from a triple option, right? Which which takes is time. so much harder than people think it is. And I think that if Georgia Tech wins this game, it is is really just um, first of all we're going to be insufferable. Gonna... Oh yeah, we're going to be we are going to rub it insufferable against Florida State, against the school up north, against yeah, I... against that against Free Shoes University. Please, <laughs> please. Yeah, I I I I fun story. I remember because I live in the Panhandle right now. Mm-hmm. I was at a bar last year. Remember those times? Um, I was at a bar watching opening weekend, and Florida played week zero. So I was there and had my Florida stuff on, but I had no really. That was, I was the just best. watching everything. I was watching everything. That was the best. We'd already we, won. Already we won. No emotional. We could just no watch no emotional show. attachment. Like, but FSU's it's not even not like that it. on the bye week because our bye week is before Georgia, and I'm like chain smoke. I don't stress. I'm not. I don't smoke, but I'm like stress chain smoking. Watching games, thinking about Georgia. That's all I do or by week. Yeah, every good play, I'm like, I hope that we do that. <laughs> um, and the Florida State-Boise State game was on. Oh. And Boise State came back and won. And I was With a true freshman quarterback. Oh, and also on the, on the very next screen was Georgia uh, Georgia State beating Tennessee. And there were a bunch of Tennessee fans seated next to us. What a and week. this is a majority Florida State area. So there was not a single person that I in that bar that liked me. Everyone but hated you. It was worth it. Mm. Anyway, if Georgia Tech were to actually win this, in reality, mm-hmm. um, it's going to take like, it's a combination of them going to they're going to squeeze it out. They're going to surprise Florida State, and just Florida State has just had some stuff going on. They're going to need some time to gel. Like agreed with Mike Nor- with new coach Mike Norvell. Players and coaches having a little bit of animosity over the, uh, this last season, mm-hmm. but that can be overcome, in my opinion. Um, right. In the sense of, but I think that uh, I'm going to go out on a limb mm-hmm. and say Georgia Tech wins. And, and just for the brand. And I hear you. And please don't banish me from the pod, but I think I'm going to have to go Florida State here because Get out. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out because <laughs> I agree with you. It's going to take some time to gel. That Mike Norvell, there was some tension this offseason, but 
what was the unifier? What happened each time something happened in Tallahassee that pitted either the coaching staff or the administration against the players? They figured it they out. They found a like, way to maybe not figure it out, but work through it. That's what's yeah. going to happen. I see Georgia Tech taking an early lead against this team because, as we said, and we're not joking here, they were the best 3-9 and nine team that we've seen. Never. I think that they're going to take a take go ahead in the first half, and I think first half stumbling blocks, taking some time to gel, Mike Norvell is going to be able to get the most out of that NFL talent because there's a lot of NFL talent there. The problem with FSU isn't recruiting. The problem with FSU isn't that there aren't players, except for the offensive line, isn't that there aren't players on that football team, good, high-level NFL talent players. It was coaching. It was development. Could, they, development. They couldn't. It couldn't take these four, five, three, these high-level threes, four and five-star prospects, and develop them into the proper players. We got to remember that when a player is a five-star, it's not that they're immediately ready. Very rarely are the Trevor Lawrence's of the world that players jump in and just yeah, boom absolutely. are immediately ready. These players have to develop into these player into these high-level college players, and that was the problem at FSU. Mike Norvell, I think, can do that, and he can get that talent out of them for that second half to be able to come back and win the football game. And it'll be great because it'll, it'll give them false hope, and I want nothing more than FSU to have false hope. That, that You saved it. Um, there you go. I got you, buddy. You saved come it. Gator at, Gator at heart. In <laughs> Gator loves over come here. Come on, baby. Um, all right. So that you, is you, my you pick. Spoke That's our of first Trevor time Lawrence. that we differ. First time that we differ. Yeah, you spoke of Trevor Lawrence and about mm-hmm. how very few are ready to him. Let's move over to Trevor Lawrence's team. Ah, yes. Um, uh, we're going to keep this short and sweet. I'm picking Clemson. I'm playing Clemson as well. Wonderful. We, Clemson's playing Wake Forest at home at 7:30 on ABC. We didn't even get to that part yet. Do, but um, does it matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they. Do you know that they are um, 33 point favorites? Do you know that I think that's against too another low? ACC team? <laughs> do you know that I think that's too low? It's way too low. <laughs> they and be... the, the over under is 60. Yeah, I would take no the smash under. over. Life's too short. I no, I'd smash the under. No, smash over. They're going to score 60 on their own. Tyler, they're, this game is a 48-3 to three route. They they score routinely 55-plus against these Tyler, that teams. BYU-Navy game didn't even get to 60, right? It was what? It yeah, was but BYU is playing, playing a triple option team, and they aren't Clemson, who probably is going to score in their first five plays. And then they're going to bench everyone. And then they're going to score in their, first, <laughs> their next ten plays. See, we always say this. But then Clemson's bench players kick everyone else's ass. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Well, when, when Jamie Newman was on this team, this Wake Forest team last year, they lost by like 50 points. You can fact check me on that. I actually don't know if it. Um, yeah. Doesn't change the fact that um, Clemson's going to win, which is all that this competition matters. Exactly. Cares about like exactly. I think what it's going to be interesting to see. I just. I'm very excited to see Travis Etienne Jr. again. That man is just me that man too. just brings me joy. Watching this man play football brings me so joy. good, so good, so good. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how the Clemson wide receiver room develops because mm-hmm. they're going to rely. T. Higgins is gone into the draft. Justin Ross is out for the year because of an injury, yeah. um, a spinal injury, and they had a lot of young guys last year that developed, but they haven't taken per, uh, promising roles. There's no better quarterback in the country to do that with Correct. than Trevor Lawrence. Listen, this is this is how big time programs stay big time programs. Their talent that they recruit develops and steps up when they need to step up. This is a moment when they need to step up. Absolutely. We'll see if they do. 
And yep. in worst case scenario, they just dump it off to Etienne Jr. and he runs for 80 yards. Whatever. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's just, I'm, I'm not going to lie, there's just no world where I see Wake Forest winning this game. Neither, no, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, Tyler, last of the five wides. We got Western Kentucky against Louisville, 8 o'clock on the ACC network. Who do you have? I'm going to go with Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a very good team, in my yep. opinion. I think they're going to be good this year. I love Scott Satterfield. I, I love, love what he does. Scott Satterfield. Um, I think Western Kentucky will be fine. Um, and Louisville's not a, hu- a heavy favorite, considering... Mm-hmm. What's the spread? It's, I believe, only 11 points. Okay. Let me give it. Yeah, let me double down. check that. Let's. Uh, well, regardless, and a half. eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, it's it's double digits. So that's still something. Um, mm-hmm. but I think Louisville is gonna be just fine. They're gonna they're gonna take him. I agree wholeheartedly. I think this is a situation where Scott Satterfield is gonna take this as a tune-up game. Um, and Western Kentucky wasn't the best team in Conference USA last year. They did have um. They had a good passing game, but I honestly don't know if everyone's back and all that stuff. And I'm going to take my money on a Scott Satterfield um, coach team. So I'm going to take Louisville. So to recap the five wide, we are chalk. We are both UAB Miami. We both have Miami. Louisville, Iowa State. We both have Iowa State. Clemson, Wake Forest. We both have Clemson. Western Kentucky, Louisville. We both have Louisville. The only game we differ is Georgia Tech, Florida State. Tyler, you have Georgia Tech. And I can't believe I'm going to have to root for Florida State this Saturday. Ugh, can't believe that. You don't have to. You can just defect. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this is a Pale Mary pick for me. Okay. But I will not. I will not on the first edition of Five Wide this mm-hmm. season of Sideline Judgment, uh-huh. I will not pick against my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Under, so. Understanded wholeheartedly. Tyler, it's time for two-point conversion. Ooh. I get first pick. And I can't believe that I'm doing this because I probably would have picked this if I went second. Uh, Tyler, take a look at the schedule and take a wild guess as to what my game is. Is it the last one on the schedule? Oh, it's the last one on the schedule, baby. <laughs> Damn it, I wanted to pick that one. <laughs> Coastal Carolina. If, if you had gone second, I was totally going to steal it from you. Of course me. you were. I know you. I know you. <laughs> it's almost like you're my best friend. It's kind of like I know you, you know? Weird. <laughs> Coastal Carolina taking on Kentucky, 10 o'clock, fs Kentucky. I'm saying Kentucky. I see KU. I'm so sorry. Kansas. My Kansas Jayhawks. My Jayhawks. I'm so sorry, Les. Miles to go. Miles to go, baby. 10 o'clock, FS1. Shout out to the Big 12 for taking on the responsibility of providing a Pac-12 after dark game. (laughs) Just because we don't have any Pac-12 doesn't mean Pac-12 after dark has to die. The other the, conference for the 12 in its name. It's the just big like, we 12, got you, fam. The Big 12 is taking on that responsibility, and that, that, my friends, is loyalty. So that's my game, Tyler. I'm taking the Kansas Jayhawks to win that first game of the season because it might be the only one they get. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, Tyler, not what is a, yours? Not, not great looking. What's your We've two got a lot of There are a lot of interesting games left on the, that we didn't discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, Syracuse, North Carolina. Yes. UNC is a heavy favorite. Um, yes, led so, by yeah. future Minnesota Vikings quarterback Sam Howell. Sam Howell. We got uh, Duke-Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a heavy favorite. Surprisingly, not as heavy of a favorite as North Carolina. <laughs> I saw Notre Dame was like a 22-point favorite. What's North Carolina? No, Notre Dame is a 20-point favorite, 20? and North Carolina is a 22-point favorite. That's what it was. That's what it was. Which is a little wild to me, uh, but there's that. Um, well, I mean, you got I, I guess... David Cut, uh, Cutcliffe is worth two points, I guess. 
I suppose. Is that the logic? Uh, I guess. <laughs> but um, there's also Sleeper Game. Charlotte at App State is going to be really good. Great pick. I know that. I, I don't know if that's your, that's your pick, but that's it's, a great. It's, game. I'm de- I'm I'm debating it in my head real time. Um, but Charlotte at App State, your your head says go App State, mm-hmm. but Charlotte was really good last season, and they I love Will Healy. Yep, and I think a lot of good things are going to come from that. Another game uh, that I that I think the game that I am going to go with is. The Tulane mm. Green Wave, South Alabama, South Alabama Jaguars. Who are you picking? Uh, I'm going with Tulane. Going okay. with the best uniform team in college football. That is that is very true. That Clean is very uniforms. true. I got to come down on these. Won't be the only Jaguars losing this weekend. Um, but out. Uh, anyway, uh, tanking works, Tyler. Tanking. Works. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, South Alabama is our one and zero. They look. Vastly improved for what I saw from them last season. Um, mm-hmm. They so I'm very impressed with them on that. Right. But I I think this is this is this might be the year for Willie Fritz. I say that every year. But well, I, I think, think that, I think Willie Fritz but, is in a position where because we are missing four of the ten conferences. If Willie Fritz has as good of a year or better than we are used to seeing out of him, he's gonna get a lot of eyeballs. He's gonna start to be that whole group of five coach that people are starting to kind of look at and be like oh maybe willie fritz can come over here you know what i mean and some programs are looking yeah. maybe vanderbilt's looking another way and willie fritz i think it'd be a option. smart pick for vanderbilt he's a little so as well like he's a little counterculture like stylistically mm-hmm. and schematically than what a lot of the uh, uh the sec does so. i think that would be a great fit in terms of i think that would be good for vanderbilt I don't know if Vanderbilt would make that decision. Make sense? I that that makes sense. To yeah. Me. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So there we go. Those are our five wide and two point conversions on Monday's review episode. We will be going through and seeing what we got right and what we got wrong, tallying up and keeping track. Tyler, before we uh, hit the curb and go to bed because it is a late on a Tuesday night. What's uh, your favorite tweet that I have shared with you this week? Oof, so many, so many good ones. So many options. Um, it's it's funny. So I lost it. I, ha- I just had it right here. No. Um, okay. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, here it is. Uh, we didn't really talk a lot about Florida today, but you sent me something uh, today uh, by Nick De La Torre. Oh, love him. Um, it says Mullen Dan Mullen says Kyle Trask will have input in what goes into the game plan on a week to week basis, and this is big because this is very like this is Florida enormous. To start for a few for a few weeks. It's so nice to have a quarterback for your team that actually knows what they're doing. Um, I haven't felt this in a long time, but so this is a big deal because as as friend of the pod Michael Phillips and many of us kind of explained, and if you know, is that like. It's not very commonplace for even a Mullen quarterback to get say in what goes to the game plan. Like, Correct. Like, his best ones do, but that's because you have to get to a point in the system where you truly understand it. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing, like, they're going to put a system around you and make call plays that fit your strengths, fit the strengths of the game plan. But for them to trust your football mind and your preparation and your leadership mm-hmm. to be able to go in and then actually contribute to the game plan is huge. Right. And it, it says a lot with it with, with saying a little. It says a lot about where 
Mullen believes Caltrass' ability is, where he believes, you know, his um, ceiling is, where, where I'm now believing the ceiling of this team could be. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it isn't just a commonplace thing, especially because Mullen's won plenty of games and had plenty of good quarterbacks without having to do that. Right. So this is very telling for uh, Florida's future. I think above um, it all, it's it's the leadership aspect. It shows that, yeah, I've only played one season of college football as a starter, high school or college. And yeah, I rode the bench for three years, three, four years. But at the end of the day, those guys in that locker room, trust him. And if Kyle Trask can see something at the line and Mullen is comfortable enough and Mullen trusts him enough to make the change and make the switch, who am I to judge? I'm all in. I'm all in. There's literally no one in this universe that trusts more with quarterbacks than Dan Mullen. Correct. 100% agree. 100% agree. So I'm excited to see that happen. And for the record, we're Trask over Emery. We're not going to go there. Um, yeah. Next season is going to be special when Emery takes the wheel. It but is. It is. Let's and, save that and for next he, season. Okay, well, let me go there for a second then. I think this is the – people don't get it. This is the same trajectory that Trask was on, the one that Emery's on right now. Yes, he's sitting for a long time, but – what are these kids' ultimate goal? They are to get drafted, get that payday, get to the league, and to compete for national championships. Probably in that order. People could argue yeah. and say some some people prefer the championship over the money. I don't believe that. Everyone wants to get drafted. Porque no los dos. Everyone wants to win a title. If you can sit for two to three years, preserve the hits of football on your body, compete for a national championship, and then when you do get your opportunity for a year or two, shoot up. Like Kyle Trask is being considered seriously as one of the top quarterbacks drafted after, you know, Fields and Lawrence and stuff. Yeah. After, after that one group. season in the last eight years of life. Exactly. So why you why can't you get the best of both worlds? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I don't get how that's a knock. If your ego is enough where it's like, I gotta play every single down or I'm not going, fine. You're not gonna fit in the Mullen system. It's just not going to be a good fit. And a large part of that, and Mullen has said this openly, and I think people forget about this, it's part of his quarterback evaluation. He, mm-hmm. he never starts true freshman. He barely ever. ever does. And a large part of that, and I think it's smart, because, and I can say say it's smart, because I've literally seen it, the other side of this, with, with early stages for this, this isn't a theory. This is yeah. proved. He did it with Tebow. If he did it with Tebow... Who are you to think that? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know? that thing he he doesn't put quarterbacks in early because he wants them. You run the risk of destroying their confidence early in their careers, mm-hmm. and we literally the the world saw that with Felipe Franks. Yep. So much to the point that by the time his last couple games in Mullen's system, where he had regained his confidence, people still didn't believe it. Right. Like he is used to to this day. He's still the butt of jokes. Yep. And I mean, that, that's just human nature. You can't avoid that. Uh, but his confidence was shattered so early. And if he had maybe sat for another year, been put out in an advantageous situation when he knows the playbook, when he's ready, that wouldn't have happened. So I think mm-hmm. you got to trust the process. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Sergio, what is the tweet? That My tweet has nothing to do with Gator football. My oh, tweet okay. is by Ryan Nanny, and it's pretty funny. Uh, the near future. One lost Notre Dame argues undefeated BYU doesn't deserve a playoff spot because they didn't play a conference title game. 
Oh, how the tables have turned. Oh, the irony. I want this to, I want this to happen so freaking oh, bad. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Like, I want to, and then at that point, I want to show, show Notre Dame, be like, this you? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to this you, Notre Dame. It's going to be great. I got the receipts. I got all the receipts. It's going to be great. Um, I just, oh. All right, Tyler. I hey, just listen. Love, I love that they, Notre Dame put out a graphic, like, they're predicted, they're projected second in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It, they put, I think they put out a graphic. It's this like highest ever conference uh, ranking projection in Notre Dame football, and I'm like, did you hear what you just said? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we're taking for granted that Notre Dame's in. It. I I'm going to remind everyone that this year is so wild that Notre Dame is playing in a conference. I I, I still can't get my head around that. Like, I really hope that the ACC just kind of like once notre dame's like okay cool we're gonna go back to being independent they're like no no (laughs) i'm sorry what it's like oh no 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 it's one of those things where it's like nope we got you that's it you're not when i'm not letting go what they should do is that they should continue to count notre dame wins and losses as conference games and yet if notre dame wins like like wins the division Uh it'll put notre dame in a bind where they'll be like uh, we want to go win this conference, but then like, yeah, you have to be a full time member to win. To, to oh my go god, it's it's game. like with it's like with a little kid, where it's like, okay, fine, you can do this, but you won't be able to do this. Yeah, the they like, should do that. Oh my gosh, I can't I'm not believe... even joking about this. They should actually do that. Child psychology. That's the way to get Notre Dame to join a conference. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Listen, before we take <laughs> off, I do want to go ahead and give a fantasy football update, Tyler. I want you to tell me how your drafts went this weekend, how everything happened. How'd it go? I am actually very happy with all of my drafts. Nice. I am very happy with our drafts in our in our keeper league. Mm-hmm. More so than I think you about a couple things, but um, which we'll get into. Uh, but I can get very into it ha- now if you want. <laughs> oh, we'll get into it now. Um, important note: this is a keeper league, so. In theory, you could keep a player on your fantasy football team forever and yep. never give anyone else a chance to the get The plan them. is to have this league until I have grandchildren. I, I would like that. I would love like, that. I would want to keep it with pretty much everyone in there. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, so keep we're, we're doing our draft. And we're, we're pretty deep in the draft. Yeah, it's it's late. It's late. And, you know, that is prime time to take... And the strategy is different from this draft. It's not just taking rookies or low-level players, young players, with upside. It doesn't even have to be for this year. Right. Like, sometimes you draft players that aren't even really important for this year, but if they if you feel good, you can keep them for next year mm-hmm. as an investment. Right. Like, last year, I drafted Baker Mayfield as my QB1, and I drafted Lamar Jackson as my QB2 because I believed in him. And if for nothing else, it's like, I want to have him on my upside. Right. Turns out he was my QB1 the whole season. Mm-hmm. Important to note that Sergio's turn starts to come up. It, it, it's it's slowly coming, and I I don't know where exactly in it, but a good friend of ours, Austin Reynolds, Cowboys fan, noted uh, petty man himself, the pettiest uh, of petty, the pettiest of petty, decided to do something truly wild, and drafted a certain player before Sergio. He took two guys. He took two. All right, he took two. <laughs> He shattered my hopes and dreams and took Tua. So, Austin Reynolds took Tua Tagovailoa, and I don't even remember the round. It doesn't matter. And the best part of this whole thing is not that he took him. 
and that you'll 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 want to get a trade from it. The best part is that it's the human element. We've discussed this at length. You could put together a trade package for us for to for Austin for Tua, and no matter how good it is, he's gonna say no. I could give but, him Deshaun for Tua straight up, and he would say no. You would say no. Uh, he this is the man who after he he did it and was successful, he ran around his room and we're on a Zoom call so we can all see this, uh, and said, "I want a picture of Pat Riley signed by Jimmy Butler in order to to get this." In order to get this, and the be- and it, even I keep saying this, but the best part after that is the fact that Sergio was the host of the Zoom call, so he couldn't even leave. Yeah, I, I couldn't even like leave the call because everyone. Would... Anyway, I just want to point out that everyone who comes on the pod is deemed a friend of the pod, and Austin has been on the pod. I am revoking the title of friend <laughs> of a pod. He is formerly, he is a former friend of the pod, Austin Reynolds. From now on. Sorry, Tyler. I know that's a two-person thing. We make these decisions together because we are partners in this. But I just made that one. My, on my vote's own. being delayed. Oh, sorry. So sorry. I'll have to. I'll have to send you some. I'll have to vote by mail. Former friend of the pod, Austin Reynolds. You're gonna get it in five day business days. You horrible um, man. For, so for the time being, he's former friend. Oh. So that league draft went great. Um, I will say this: that league draft did go pretty well for me as well. That was really I fun. Lie. I won't lie. My um, issues that I had. My first draft was with like my close group of friends. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going in. I got this. I got a strategy. That draft was horrible for me. <laughs> I definitely just messed it up. But I'm kind of glad because I got a bad draft out of the way. And got then, out of the way. Exactly. Got it. And then for the leagues that quote unquote matter, this one matters because, you know, I don't want to be clowned for a year. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, punishment is to run a half. These aren't, and these aren't the Waffle House thing. So. Right, these aren't my money leagues. No, no, the, yeah, these aren't my money leagues. So it's okay, you know, it's okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. For, um, um, that's for me. For, yeah. For for yeah, for the, the, the S R alumni our keeper league is mm-hmm. the uh, um, was the first draft that I did, and I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, um, I thought you were doing well. Is I got I got two Gator players. I got Van Jefferson from all of you guys. Well done. And I, I got Freddie Swain, Mister Irrelevant. So good day. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, uh, other leagues I had uh, our uh, Harambe is our twelfth man. Yes, league. yes, which I am a new member of. Which I am a new, new member. This first year, I'm pretty happy with that one. I got I got some guy who plays quarterback in Tampa. Oh um, yeah, that's my quarterback. It's Josh Rosen. Never heard of him. Um, it's not. Uh, but yeah. and I got like Zeke Elliott, and I was very happy with the way that went. I also got Tua in that league. Mm-hmm. So I also got it from Sergio. So. I went, I went, but I'm I'm okay with you having Tua. I'm not okay with former friend of the pod Austin Reynolds having Tua. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. In that Harambe's our twelfth man league, um, I took a gamble. I have Ceedee Lamb and Henry Ruggs. Like I'm hoping that one of these rookies, one of them is bound to have a great. That's game. what I'm saying. I mean, my other wide receivers are Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Stephon Diggs. Like I have spots it's just a matter of my backups are all yeah. rookies and so it's like we'll see how Who's it your goes number two receiver um right now my number one is godwin my number two is obj of mm-hmm. uh interesting of charmin fame obj uh, <laughs> interesting number two interesting interesting, interesting. <laughs> um and then my running backs i have eckler chris carson jk dobbings uh to cohen as a backup philip Lindsay as a backup uh, I'm pretty happy with this league. Russ is my 
quarterback. Yeah. I'm happy with this league pretty much. In so. my in my father's league. So funny story. Last one that I'll kind of talk about. Mm-hmm. I was in my in my old high school friends league. I got Pat Mahomes and Gardner Minshew. So I mean, I don't really even really care at this point. Like, <laughs> um, but in my father's league, the Fighting Sand Crabs league, I completely forgot until I was three rounds into it that in this league you have a QB position and one of the flex positions you're allowed to put a second QB in. Yeah, so you texted me this, with- and this changed everything. I shifted my draft strategy immediately because, like, three quarterbacks were taken in the first round of this 14-person draft. And my first thing was, like, interesting. Like, these people know what they're doing. So, like, why is that? Like, I'm not going to reach just yet. And then I look at my roster, and I, I look at the position. It's like, you know, one of the flexes WRT, wide receiver running back tight end. The other one is QWRT. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh my God. Like, so I, I was able to – I immediately went all in on the quarterbacks, and I was able to get – Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Teddy Bridgewater. All oh my, in my gosh. Team. Wow. I am winning the league. Wow, you are winning the league. Look at you. Oh yeah, I I'm went proud. all in. I'm proud. I went Just all in. like I went all in on a certain running back out of LSU by Ooh. the name of Clyde Edwards Alaire. You know um, why? I have him in three of my four leagues, Tyler. <laughs> do, do you know why you were able to get him? Uh, why was that, Tyler? Because you have the assets. Because I had the assets. In our Dynasty League, this is the last thing before we wrap up. In my Dynasty League, I traded uh, Curtis Samuel, Cooper Cup, and Carrion Johnson for the number one overall pick in the rookie draft. Because remember, keepers, so players are already off the board. Most of us don't pick for nine rounds. Exactly. Right? So I had to trade all the way up. Did that. Secured Clyde Edwards-Alaire. My roster is now Deshaun Watson, Aaron Jones, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Kyle Rudolph, Hollywood Brown. And then again, I did, went the, the rookie route, um, Michael Pittman Jr. and Jalen Rager. I have both of those rookie wide receivers on my yes. bench because we got to look forward to the future. We got to look forward and see how it goes. Absolutely. I am pumped, my friends. I am pumped. Now, one thing my friend Edward did tell me, he says, Serge, if this Clyde Edwards-Hilaire thing doesn't pull through, you are screwed. I was like, yeah, you're right. And I'm screwed in three of my four leagues. So I don't even want to go there. <laughs> yeah, just going to have to suck it up. I like- just want to say I had faith. I had the assets. I moved up. I did what I had to do. And now we just got to see if my um, alleged gamble pays off. We shall so see. We shall see. Tyler. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, next, we will have on Monday, ne- the following Monday, we will have our week two review episode where we will take a look at these five wide and two-point conversion games, and we will tally up the scores, talk about what happened over the weekend, and then we will also be coming through, next week is the first week where we will have two episodes. We will also be coming through with our week three preview episode where we will be talking about uh, I want to say the big conference games now. We're going to get into some conference yeah, games, which is going to be nice. The ACC. Right off the bat. ACC and the Big 12 are going to have some nice conference games that we're going to get to pick Woo-hoo-hoo. up. Pick from, so. I'm gonna be so, it's, it's such a, like, throw into a, into the cold water. I know, like, right? Just, like, there's multiple ways to teach your kid how to swim. It's, like, slowly leading them in is usually how football season works. Like, mm-hmm. um, But this one, they're just like, nope, all the big games, all off the bat. Let's throw you it. in the deep end. Um so. I'm ready. Really excited, really excited. Um, Tyler, anything else before we sign off? 
Uh, I did, yeah, real quick, I did mention earlier in the pod that I would tell a story about oh, yes, uh, Davis Winnie and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Please, Very quick. do tell. Do tell. My, uh, there's a conspiracy theory going around that Jacksonville is cleaning house so that they can get all the assets to draft um, Trevor Lawrence with the first pick, Travis Etienne with their second first round pick, and um, bring Davos Swinney to Jacksonville to coach. You want to know, know why, Tyler? Why? Because they have the assets. Because they have the assets. Um, would I love this? Absolutely. And I've been partnered to sit, sitting down and like, this is a nice conspiracy theory. It's probably not going to happen. And then my boss walks in today. He's like, I'm going to throw out this other theory to you. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He was the first one to th- float the theory to me a couple days ago. And like, he got me all excited. And he's like, how about this? All that happens. And then Trevor Lawrence just pulls an Eli Manning and decides he doesn't want to play for Jacksonville. I was like, Get... and then he walked out of my office. He hates you. I was so mad. He <laughs> hates you. He really does. <laughs> Day ruined. Like, Ugh. okay. I just want right. to reiterate. Anyway, Tyler, tanking works. It's Dude, I think it feel works. Better. Tanking works. Tanking works. Tanking Number works. one. And since you said a Jags thing, I want to say a Dolphins thing. Do it. Am I crazy for allegedly wanting to bet that the Dolphins make the playoffs? Hear me out. There are now seven teams. There's three wild card teams. And the yeah, Dolphins look, are higher. Dolphins don't look bad. Like I, I think I, like, I'm serious. Tanking works. Like we, we have a roster. Like we have a legit roster now. It's the not a championship is, roster, but I yeah. think we can maybe sneak in with a seven and nine, eight and eight. Am I crazy for wanting to no. legitimately do that? Place that you know, allegedly. I, I want to say yes that you're crazy. Okay, and. Don't you're sugarcoat right, it because don't I think, sugarcoat I think it because you're, you're my best I, friend. Don't do that. I think you're just the right amount of crazy. Like, Ooh. it's this. This is a, that's a crazy idea. Like how you, you know? were in Vegas and you bet on the Gators to win the Natty. Looking a lot smarter than it did Looking now. A lot smarter. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally thinking about that allegedly. Um, no, I, no, no, I was, allegedly you did. Oh wait, no, it was legal. It's legal. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. I was in Nevada. It's legal. Um, yeah, that was that. That was back in February. Yeah. Oh, how the world has changed. I wonder if you're going to. I wonder if you're going to be able to go to Vegas to cla- to cash it. <laughs> to cash my check. <laughs> Never be able to get there. Um, but I think it. It. I want to. I want to get on board with this, and we see it all the time. Random NFL teams make just giant leaps um, that you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible. My thing though is that you've got the Bills and now the Patriots in your division. That like the Jets are trash, but um, as God intended. Like originally, I thought the Patriots were gonna be like, oh, they're gonna be more like a six and ten, seven and nineteen, you know? Right now they got Cam Newton, and I'm not feeling so no, yeah, I know. so certain about that. And I thought, and I know the Bills are gonna be good. I think Cam Newton um, is worth two or three wins on his own. Yeah, I I do too, and so but that's but that's the thing. Like like the like let's say the Bills have a phenomenal season, they go eleven and five. Then let's say the Pats go ten and six, nine and seven. What's to say we can't be that seventh wild card team? The thing in that the thing that the thing that is helping me with this get on board with it mm-hmm. is that there are there is an additional playoff team now. Okay, and there are many years where eight and eight, seven and nine teams can make it in the playoff, and that was when there was only six playoff teams for, for conference. Right, which is why now I'm you're saying. adding an additional spot. That's that's the part where it goes from being crazy to me to not so crazy. It, it goes from being right. It's a big jump.
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm guess I'm estimating about week six, five or six. They throw them out there. So. Yeah, I got to trade before that. So uh, we will see what happens. Uh, Tyler, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. And we are not biased, but go Gators.